God will give you strength, but he will also give you troubles. And he said, it is good of you to share in my troubles. And now for the rhythm of weakness. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brothers and sisters, you need the word. Okay, so today, my message, I wanted to come directly from God. Maybe about a year ago, he came and he spoke to me in a dream, and he had a pastor give a message in that dream. And ever since I knew if I ever spoke somewhere, I would probably be speaking on this, the words that God himself wanted to tell me and my generation. But more than that, I have scripture in here, because again, he's the same God of the past as he is today. The title of my message is called... The rhythm of weakness. Many times we try to commit ourselves to God, but it's hard and it proves how fickle humans can be. Yet at the same time, God never expected perfection. Even in habits, he didn't expect us to get it right all the time. He expected a rhythm. Specifically, God gave us a direct commandment in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 to 14, where he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. This right here, this one place in the Bible says, fear God and keep his commandments as our utmost goal as Christians and just as humans who want to live in communion with our Father. The next question that came to my mind, though, after hearing this was, how do you know how God will judge your works? He's omniscient. He sees everything. Sure, but we don't. We don't even understand ourselves sometimes. But Colossians 3, 17 makes it pretty clear. It says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. But how do you know if you're doing it in the name of the Lord? Again, our hearts are fickle. The Bible tells us later on that it's one of the most deceitful things to exist. But Luke 16, 13 makes it even more clear. It says, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. In other words, as God tells you to fear him and keep his commandments, as God tells you to do everything in his name, and that's how you know if you have that spirit of God instead of just following the law, as God tells you to be devoted to him, you're not going to be devoted to God and something else. You are the one who chooses. So the last thing I wanted to know was, okay, how can I prove, how can I tell myself, how can I show the world as the light that I am devoted to God? Galatians 5 is my favorite chapter of the Bible. In verses 16 through 26, I'll give you some time because it's going to be a little bit of a long read. If you want to pull it up. All right. Again, Galatians 5, verses 16 through 26. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. 
The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Again, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we look at our lives, are you producing these fruits? If you can't serve one thing and serve the other, are these the results of the thing that you are serving? To show in your heart and to show with your life, Jesus is truly my Lord. And I truly do fear his mighty and powerful name. C.S. Lewis has a specific quote, because despite knowing all of this, despite this being in the Bible, despite reading it over and over again, many pastors, many priests, even the Jews themselves had a hard time following this. Yet Lewis says, For in self-giving, if anywhere, we touch a rhythm, not only of all creation, but of all being. It's not a perfection. It's not a habit. It's a way to life. It's a rhythm. And it's our rhythm of weakness because we are so fickle. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 explains this very well. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, so I won't read it all. But it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Then it goes on to talk about how you're born and how you shall die. And everything that goes on under life, it's not one or the other. We're not just alive forever right now. The crops don't grow always right now. The seasons are not always summer or winter or fall. It's a rhythm to life, and we have it too. There is a balance to our weakness, to the fact that God says you will not inherit the kingdom of God solely by doing these evil things, but instead you can do these good things, have this good heart, And if we are to follow that, we too need to get in this rhythm. Now that is the past, which is still ever important for today's present and the future. However, whenever I said I had a dream from God and he came and he delivered a message, that was not it. Instead, God wanted to break it down even more simple for me because I did not know how to put this into practice. I understood it. I saw, okay, this is the method. This is the measurement. But I was still confused. So he said, look, there are long-term goals and there are short-term goals. For long-term, he was very explicit and he started calling the audience stupid. And I was like, this is an interesting form of God. But at the same time, he had a very powerful message that was full of love. He said that he was sad, that it broke his heart that our generation struggled to commit or to quit. In specific, I don't want you to get confused. God is not saying for all of your long-term goals, if you don't know how to commit to it, then just quit. That's not what he's saying. It's better put like this, submit and commit or quit and transmit. And if you don't know what transmit means, it means to cause something to pass on from one place or person to another. If you quit, it means that that was not where your best effort could be. That was not where God destined you to be. That was not the next season for you. You couldn't find rhythm there. So you have to replace it with something else. Move that energy, that drive, that passion to another area. Proverbs 16.9 tells us the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. At the same time, we don't commit or quit. 
we hustle and bustle. <laughs> Today, there's this idea that fame, money, esteem is all you need. That if you're a professor somewhere or if you're president, you're living the top of all lives, which is not true. God said commit or quit. He never said hustle and bustle. He wants you to have your full heart in something. But this is where the short-term goals come in, where he said rest or excellence. And here he became tender with his audience. And he wanted to show them, I don't expect the world from you. Just because I tell you to commit to something doesn't mean I forget you have needs, you have desires, you have weakness. And in a rhythm, it's not just commitment, it's not just will, but it's also rest. As seen with the first seven days of creation. When I was in the dream, God said, excellence is nothing but the highest sacrifice or highest servitude. But our generation is full of pride, thinking we can do more than we ever could. Instead, he led me to Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You can't find rest in anyone but Jesus. You can find alternatives. You can, you can definitely do that. You can find cures to specific symptoms, but rest comes from God. All of those fruits were not just fruits of hard work. They were fruits of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which he left us as a comforter so we would never be alone in this walk. Rest or excellence. The last thing I want to talk about is the other problem my generation faces, and I think everyone does because it's easy. It's, it's laziness. It's sloth. It's common. But at the same time, I don't want you to get confused. Just because you feel like you can't do something doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Doesn't mean that you can't. I think everyone's familiar with the verse, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. However, we never pay attention to the verse before that and the verse after that, which is key to reading your Bible. Philippians 4, 12 through verses 14 says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. This is rhythm. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who strengthens me. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Again, commit or quit. And if you quit, then transmit. But in the here and now, in every short-term goal, Look at whether you need rest, whether you can actually give your highest sacrifice, or whether you're overestimating how much God is trying to get you to do. God will give you strength, but he will also give you troubles. And he said, it is good of you to share in my troubles. This is the rhythm of weakness, that you know where to focus on his fruits. You know that this is your duty, that this is the fear of God. But more importantly, you know that this is the mercy because this will grant you the life that God ever so desperately died on a cross for us to have. Of all weakness, of all lack of what we want, of all forlonging desire, this right here is still freedom. And I just thank God that this message didn't come from me, that it came from him, and that he still has the desire and the faith in each and every one of you, including myself, that we can truly live a life in his name. Thank you. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled The Rhythm of Weakness by Genesis Bronner. This message is number 6611. That's 6611. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6611 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com.
If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the Word. Brothers of the Word.